and welcome to a Medics Day UK podcast. I'm Alicia. I'm currently a fourth year medical student. I'm also a qualified cardiac physiologist and I've spent time working in the pharmaceutical industry. I'm here with my dog, Delilah. Say hi, Delilah. (coughs) When applying to medical school, I had lots of questions that I couldn't find the answers to. And as a medical student, I often find myself in a similar position. Therefore, I will talk to leading experts in their field who will share their experiences on how to become a better doctor and how to navigate your way through those tricky exams in order to gain the most from your time in medical school. So boil the kettle, because I'm going to spill the tea. Hi Kat, and welcome to Medics Day UK. Hi. <laughs> How are you today? I'm good, thank you. I've got a week off work, so it's really nice. Good, <laughs> good. What have you been doing in your time off work? Um, not a lot. Painting, decorating, um, lots of relaxing, film watching, Netflix, <laughs> all of that. <laughs> all the good usual stuff. Yeah. That's good. Um, so just for our listeners, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, I'm Kat. Um, I'm a nurse in the southwest. Okay. Um, and I work in a, a quite a large intensive care unit. And um, I've been working there for 12 years, mm-hmm. um, on and off. I've left a few times, but I've always come back. <laughs> um, and I thoroughly enjoy it. I'm married to Jamie. He's in the Navy and he's um, going to Dartmouth in November to be an officer. It's not a bad place to live, is yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you have two little dogs, don't you? I do, Benny and Dolly. They are the loves of my life. Yeah, and they we are, are big fans of dogs at Medics Day UK. We've got Delilah, and Benny and Dolly are Delilah's best friends, aren't yeah, they? they are. They have lots of play dates, <laughs> fun, and walks, and yeah. Yeah, and what breed are Benny and Dolly? Benny and Dolly are chihuahuas. Benny's a white short-haired chihuahua, and Dolly's a tri-coloured long-haired chihuahua. Benny's five, nearly six, and Dolly is four. So, and they get on really well together. Yeah, so well that there's wedding bells coming up. They are wedding bells next May. (laughs) They are getting married Um, in my garden. There's going to be, it's going to be a big affair. (laughs) um and lots of doggy friends lots of doggy bridesmaids already um are lined up so yeah (laughs) yeah that's great that's great (laughs) so um tell me how you got into nursing so I got into nursing um when I was 25 26 um, I had been out of school for 10 years or so or more so um, I did an access to nursing course at the Plymouth uh, Goshen Centre. It took about nine months and um, from that I did my I did my application for university from there basically and that's okay. how I got into nursing because yeah. um, I didn't originally want to do nursing from school. Um, I did a bit of hairdressing and a bit of um working in Debenhams and for Chanel and things like that um and I didn't really want to carry on with that because I felt it was you you always had to reach target so I didn't really enjoy that and I thought where what job could I do that I'm working with people but I'm not forcing them to do anything I'm not trying to get sell them anything I'm not trying to 
do anything like that. So um, I thought, and it was just about the time where the government had just finished um, Project 2000. Okay. And it was a big recruitment drive in the paper. And I remember... I looked, it was a double hay spread in the centre of the Herald. Yeah. And I, and I looked and I thought, yeah, actually, I'll, I'll do that. Yeah. You know, so, um, and the only way I could do it was via access to nursing and then university, because naively I thought I didn't have to go to uni to be a nurse, <laughs> but um, I did, so, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And where did you study? Um, in Plymouth University, oh. yeah. How did you find Plymouth University? Really good, actually, really good. But um, I, f- I failed a whole year, oh, okay. actually. So it was quite a struggle, actually, because I found out that I was dyslexic. Oh, really? And I really, really, really struggled um, towards the end. Probably why I failed a whole year as well. Yeah. But I could have given up at that point, actually, because we were... I had a bursary at the time, yeah. um, but I didn't. I carried on, um, worked part-time in a nursing home yeah. um, to sort of fund my year that wasn't funded. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I had a proper sort of educational psychologist test and everything. Yeah. Um, and they said that, you know, I was dys- um, dyspraxic and dyslexic, which um, answered a lot of questions for me. Yeah. Um, so I'd been on several placements throughout my um student life yeah and some of my mentors have sort of said oh are you dyslexic <laughs> you know with some of the things I did or said or whatever yeah. and I I said I was no I took a, I took it as a real um insult you know sort mm. of like a taboo subject mm. and um buried my head in the sand and, and hence I think if I had sort of dealt with it earlier um and possibly wouldn't have failed that year yeah so but I got there in the end so it really does mean a lot to me um being a nurse yeah you know because it was such a struggle and such a sacrifice really yeah um but yeah I love my job yeah it's really interesting that you didn't know you were dyslexic Mm. until you got to university yeah exactly well it, uh, it, it all made sense because I really struggled at school I didn't really sort of carry on with any further education and it wasn't pushed on me either by my parents okay so um and it made that a lot harder I wish that it was picked up in school I think mm. these days they're a lot a lot more um hot on it and has there's a lot more support in school and it's yeah. picked up earlier but yeah it, it just it just I seem to slip through the radar yeah really which could have cost me my career really yeah um but yeah yeah I actually knew quite a few people that have failed a year at medical school and then found out they were dyslexic really yeah it's actually quite a common story which is crazy isn't it it is isn't it and it's such a shame because you you know you sort of you're sort of on the back foot before you've even started yeah and then to go through finding out and then possibly you know not going not finishing the course and yeah and all of that so yeah and and leaving my friends they all started the the beginning of the third year and I yeah. had to go back to the start of the second year <laughs> that that was hard so yeah. to have two cohorts you know yeah. started in one and finished in the other but yeah, yeah. no it I guess it, you expanded it, your social circle a lot more yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How, yeah what um how was it failing the year how did you feel how did you overcome the barriers um with a lot of um study and support and um just sort of gritted my teeth really and basically just skimmed 
the pass rate um, by literally tiniest of percent. Um, And I think, part of me thinks that I was lucky um, that happened because if it had been 2% the other way that I wouldn't be... Yeah. I would be a nurse today, and that's that's really sad, really, yeah. that I would have missed out on that. Yeah. You know, but, yeah, so I just, sheer determination and and, and gave it my all. Yeah. You know, um, whereas, you know, people used to come in and finish essays and stuff, said, oh, you know, I've been working so, so, so hard, and I've got, you know, 80, 90% where I used to work so, 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 so hard, and just literally just just about get there yeah um and I, sh- I just wish I'd asked for help earlier really yeah. and acknowledged it earlier yeah I, I think it's something so hard to do because no one talks about it that's right they don't do they no but there is a lot that. of support um at the uni now yeah um and even actually in the unit where I work mm. there's an education um team there that um you know like the critical care course and um, that's up and coming that I'll probably be doing next year and also the mentorship course Mm. um there's a lot of um they've adapted the training to be um for people with dyslexia and several people have passed it with dyslexia on the unit so yeah it's good to know because obviously nursing's an ongoing um you know my my learning is ongoing and everything so yeah yeah I think it can be quite a tricky topic when someone fails a year yeah um if you could speak to those people was there anything that you'd want to tell them that you now know having gone through that experience yeah I would say um just sort of find find help or or find someone that's maybe um if somebody says something to you you know like like then it might seem negative at the time but you know oh and you and you see your friends and your um colleagues um sort of flying through with with amazing results and you, you're not for some reason and you've always possibly struggled then do do go and see mm-hmm. um the education yeah. team or, or somebody at university the support team and ask them um if they there's any way they could help but, but don't bury your head in the sand because yeah. it, it is just it, it's such a waste really I wasted a whole year of burying my head in the sand just because I was too embarrassed to admit that I was dyslexic but now um if anybody says anything in work you know if I've misspelled something I, I still have a reverse a b and a d yeah. so even now even I have to think about it consciously um I'll say um they'll be like oh you've spelled that wrong I'm like, oh I'm sorry I'm dyslexic and people they, they say oh god I'm so sorry <laughs> not, not I'm so sorry in a, in a, poly, in a pity so sorry, way but like oh I didn't mean to be so rude you know and that's just some of the top consultants that have said to me yeah. spelled, what do you mean that's and I've said well I'm dyslexic oh right you know so and people understand now I think it's probably because I've got older as well whereas you know when I first started 12 years ago I was a bit like I wanted to be you know recognized for you know, being the best nurse I could be. And yeah. although that hasn't changed, you know, I'm still, you know, a good nurse. But, yeah. you know, it's it's quite academic. Yeah. It really is. And, you know, so... Yeah. And I'm not very academic. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that side of it is a bit, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think that's really good advice. And I think yeah. that'll help a lot Absolutely. of people Absolutely, yeah. Just don't feel embarrassed about it. And there's so, there is so much help out there. Yeah. There really is a lot yeah. of help. I know yeah. how much you love your job yeah. and I know how much you love being a nurse 
Um, can you tell us a bit about the pros, the cons, and what an average day in your life looks like? Okay, so the pros are, you know, you get to meet some amazing people. That's colleagues and patients mm-hmm. and relatives of patients um, from all walks of life. And, mm. you know, I've witnessed, uh, you know, such amazing love stories kind of unfold in front of me. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's just the pros sort of totally outweigh the cons yeah obviously the cons it's a, it's um you work long days you work nights yeah. you work you know long hours and weekends and christmases and all things like that and you miss some you know family occasions or what have you yeah. but saying that I wouldn't I wouldn't kind of want a nine-to-five job yeah. anyway. I wouldn't want the Monday to Friday office job, um, although you can get that in nursing <laughs> um, sometimes. But, yeah, no, I just... Um, obviously, the days are long, but the rewards um, of seeing patients come back through the intensive care unit and showing them the bed they were in and they them being, you know, going home, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, sounds really rewarding. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I always feel really scared when I'm on the wards as a medical student when I see the nurses. Um, I don't know what it is. It's not that nurses are scary. <laughs> I just feel like... I don't know how to, like, approach them. Really? Or, like... So, like, everyone tells way? me... Well, like, everyone's like, nurses are the nicest people. Yeah. You want to go ask them who's the best person to talk to. If you have yeah. any questions, nurses know everything. Yeah. Get off the nurses. <laughs> That's... That's the advice I've been given. But I get terrified to approach God, them. I never knew that. Yeah. I think, oh, so I can be quite a nervous person. <laughs> but um, for medical students, what is it that you want medical students to know, and potentially even doctors who might be listening, what is it you want us to know? So if you could speak on behalf of all the nurses, what would you tell us? <laughs> I, oh, gosh. I would just say, just just come up to us. We're not going to bite. Um, just come up to us and be like, hi, you know, just be yourself. Just be friendly and open and like you know what I'm I've never worked here before and you know because you're always going to be the new guy somewhere yeah and um just just come up to us and just be like and uh, you know nine out of ten people I mean the only time I guess maybe what might put some people off is we always look busy don't we yeah and you kind of don't want to approach us because oh you're in the middle of doing that and you've already got like a hundred different jobs but you know we're we're a really nice bunch and I would absolutely love any like medical student or f1 or whatever any doctor um coming to me and asking me things and in fact it makes us feel kind of like oh you know that they've got a little bit of trust in us and they know especially on intensive care you know sometimes the doctors will be like oh um they'll be writing a prescription they'll be like oh you know not for anything like really important but they'll just be like oh how many days how many you know how long is that for and is it bd or tds or whatever yeah and um and i just know it off the off the top of my head yeah and and they'll just sort of write it down and you know but yeah do approach us cool okay that's good to know (laughs) so please do approach us yeah (laughs) um do you have any advice for like how to talk to patients because um I always think nurses have a really good connection with patients and they seem to just know how to approach it is that something you're trained to do or no god you won't find that in any book um it's just you I think you've develop a sort of uh, I you develop a rapport quite quickly mm-hmm. um when I was younger I used to be a little bit scared of talking to the patients and I think you know I, I would be like 
hello, Mr. Smith. Like, just (laughs) assuming that he couldn't hear me because he's elderly and, like, all of those... (laughs) all of those sort of classic nursing mistakes and if you're like I can hear you it's fine or you know sort of really sort of raising your voice and stuff just 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 speak to them like normal human beings the patients yeah. and um and just and they they respect um honesty and they respect mm. um yeah truthfulness mm. and um yeah, just just speak to them like normal people, and you know, and it's okay to have a bit of banter. I think the nurses get away with that more because obviously we're all professionals, we're all healthcare professionals. But um, I've kind of, you know, I've got a cheeky side to me. I remember one patient, um, he was um, especially we get lots of delirium on ICU, um, but you know, especially with a couple of the older patients and stuff, sort of. Um, I'll, I'll be like oh you know can you um just hold your hand out straight if I'm taking a blood gas or something and um they'll be like oh no no you've done that I don't want to do that and I'll, and I'll joke and sort of say right if, if you don't I'm going to sing to you you know and and I'll just start singing to them and yeah. they'll just start laughing and just just to, just to have a little bit of fun and a little bit of banter with them but still remain professional yeah. you know there's no you know there's no sort of unprofessionalness about it or or anything like that it's um yeah yeah okay yeah it's something I really noticed that nurses just seem to we have just seem a to, natural yeah neck. absolutely yeah and and I think that you know p- patients pick up on that yeah. and it but it but when you're new to the to that environment and you, you know you want to sort of seem professional and and stuff like that um I think the doctors and um, the nurses the patients <laughs> pick, up, pick, pick up on that and they, sometimes it can um make them feel a little bit uneasy I think if it's okay. too professional yeah. especially when they're arriving on the intensive care unit you know it's it's quite a lot of doom and gloom you know and it's mm. quite scary all you're being admitted in the intensive care unit yeah. I make sure you know that they're, they're welcomed with a smile yeah. I've, you know I've immediately tell them my name introduce myself um tell them what I'm going to do yeah. and tell them what's going to happen in the next hour or so it's going to be quite busy we're going to be doing you know do all these you know different um procedures are going to be happening and not to worry that they're in the best place and you know and and sometimes I say to my patients um you know especially if we've got like if I've got two level two patients because yeah. we dub- double them up um, I'll say to them like don't don't worry if you can't see me I can still see you so yeah. don't worry yeah. um and and they you know they really like that actually because yeah. I think it's such a big place and it's not the sort of place where you we do have buzzers there for them to press and stuff but I think they just hear all the noises and it's so scary from a parent a patient's point of view being yeah. in intensive care or anywhere in the hospital for that matter yeah yeah so Definitely. but yeah so just just be yourself <laughs> and um smile and it, it'll make them feel a lot better yeah I'm definitely going to take that on board in the yeah. future I've always wondered if it's like a training difference between the way doctors are trained and nurses know, are trained yeah there's something there's definitely something oh, I think there, there is because when if my training 12 years ago we were told that we would have um uh one lecture with about communication with doctors I don't know if that's happens now or I'm not actually sure um because I had some students in work um some student nurses and um they've not mentioned anything like that I think the training's changed somewhat since I 
since I did it even 12 years ago mm. um but yeah so um maybe that's something that could be you know so I think it's good for doctors and nurses to like at least to have a couple of um maybe lectures together about communication and working as a team and stuff yeah. like that because it brings everybody together then doesn't yeah. it so we've all got well they're for both there for one reason only the yeah. patients and you know they benefit from it then yeah definitely you know. that's not something I've had as part of my training okay. maybe it's something you could roll out yeah. if anyone wants to get involved get yeah in yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> I'm only joking I'm putting the pressure on you <laughs> oh perfect yeah um so on the topic of patience is there like a particularly profound memory that you have that's stuck with you throughout um, your life or career yeah story. lots of, you know lots of ones um that have um you know got better and and come back to see me there was a dear chap um who um had some um surgery um on his neck um and he was told that he was long story short after being with us for sort of several months we struck up a, quite like a, a really good bond mm. and whenever I was in he would be my patient and he was to, I was there the day he was told that he would always have a tracheostomy and he mm. would never be able to um eat normally again oh. um and um so and that was really sad and you know he he sort of well welled up and and I did as well and and it, and it's kind of it's okay to cry with patients it really is yeah I think years ago it that it was seen as weakness and not professional but now especially in intensive care and even when I worked briefly on the breast unit yeah. breast cancer unit and I was with a woman that I sat on the bed and her husband couldn't make it in time for the consultant to see her and I sat on the bed with her with the curtains round and he told her that they they'd they've got all the cancer she was clear yeah. and she just broke her heart and you know I cried with her and that those moments stick in my in yeah. my mind um uh, you know sort of happy stories but also it's okay to cry when it's yeah. sad stories as well and yeah. sad times and you know patients you know have, have passed away and you know you you were there you were the last one to you know look after them and they thank you for being their nurse yeah and and that was the last thing they ever said you know and that that's really quite beautiful as well in the same yeah. sort of yeah I think that's something people struggle with is like knowing that it's yeah. okay to cry when yeah. obviously when it's appropriate absolutely because I mean the only time I try not to is when we, we go into the relatives room with a consultant and they basically say you know there's not much more we can do yeah um and that comes as a bit of a shock then you know I'm I'm the tissue passer yeah you know um and then I stay in the room with them after and and we talk through about the you know what's going to happen when we turn off yeah their life support and things like that um and uh, you know more often than not um you know patients people are relatives are really um understanding and um you know are very grateful for everything we've done but I did have one relative actually that was so I've had people that I've had relatives that are sad because their um family have passed away or are going to pass away and but I've also had a patient sad because their 
relative didn't pass away okay. in that they felt they were still suffering yeah. and um and they didn't pass away as quickly as they wanted them to yeah. um and of, yeah that was that was a real curveball if you like because I hadn't really expected somebody to be annoyed that somebody hadn't died yeah. or not annoyed but upset that they felt they were in pain and yeah stuff. so that was quite an eye-opener yeah yeah you know all different emotions really yeah I've seen all different emotions from family yeah you know lots and lots of yeah yeah but what shines through is like just like the the it's like the love between that person it's just like I've never witnessed love like it right in front of my eyes sometimes it's just so amazing and just lovely and just yeah, yeah. oh amazing yeah <laughs> um it that sounds like it's quite emotionally tolling yeah if that sentence makes sense but like it must have an impact on you yeah it it does um it does you know when I've sort of felt a bit low in my own life and then that sort of you you do try and leave obviously your own life at the front you know as soon as you go into work and so yeah so it does get you and we're we're, we're um in intensive care that the, the it's now known that some nurses can you know even suffer from like PTSD mm. and stuff because it's just so it is quite traumatic um last year I had um nearly nine weeks off work oh, wow. with um depression and you know I just kind of you know got really quite upset at work not through anything with work but I just felt that I just couldn't cope and stuff like that so um I went to see my GP and she put me on antidepressants and stuff but yeah yeah, work were really supportive but the sad thing is that's happening more and more at the moment there's at least four five people that I know at the moment they've been off for like two months with stress and anxiety and some of it's due to you know just things happening in their personal life that they can't deal with as well as you know a a critically ill patient on top of that is just you just cannot do it yeah it's not safe and it's not yeah you know you've got you've got to get well yourself and then yeah but yeah and that's another thing I think people need to sort of talk about more and in healthcare because it's 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 sort of quite big at the minute yeah you know there are lots of um people are dealing with just depression and anxiety and, yeah. and stuff but no I yeah. think that's a really good point to make and to highlight to know when to know your limit is yeah absolutely and when to ask for help yeah yeah especially um you know because we, we care of others but we need to care for ourselves as well definitely you know it's so important yeah definitely. and we're not very good at doing that we're really good at caring for other people yeah but we're not very good at looking after ourselves yeah I think there's a bit of a culture in healthcare system Mm. to feel that you have to almost be some kind of superhero yeah absolutely you can save the situation which isn't true because we're all human we are at the end of the day yeah yeah Yeah. in terms of stress and emotional attachment is there any ways that you've learned how to cope or that alleviate your stress is there anything yeah I mean definitely talking um with my colleagues we have steak night on (laughs) Friday that's become a regular thing now on a um every after payday on a Friday and we'll sort of do our own little um debrief if you like of that day or that week or that month or or whatever and so and and getting together with like-minded um people because whether they're going through it at the time or not 
they may have or they you know or they will probably yeah. um so it's quite a stressful environment but yeah just to keep you know just to look out for your colleagues and just to say you know are you okay and mm. to sort of have um you know regular debriefing either yeah. in work or in your own sort of social time with with colleagues yeah. i think so important yeah um and we're all singing off the same hymn sheet then and it's not really a taboo subject because we're all talking about it yeah um yeah i know lots of people at the moment are going through sort of some personal stress yeah um and you know that they're we're meeting them regularly and just you know yeah. making sure that we're there for yeah. them and, and they do the same for us and yeah. so yeah like a really good supportive team yeah def- definitely yeah <laughs> I always find that my dog helps yes, I love yeah. hanging out with my dog absolutely <laughs> absolutely yeah I, I take Benny and Dolly for a walk you know I've, I've got care in the world you know um and and, and they're always there bless them and yeah you know just looking through their little eyes and yeah every, the world seems a better place <laughs> yeah I think dogs are the best it, yeah obviously they can't talk yeah but they know how to use their body language yeah you know do. like as humans they sometimes there's a time when it's important not yeah. to talk Absolutely. and we're not very good at that yeah. whereas animals don't have the ability so no. they just put one paw on your lap they will and yeah I'm like, just looking at you yeah, yeah. <laughs> and wine helps as well yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah wine helps sometimes yeah oh, perfect <laughs> thank you so much for coming to talk That's to okay. us today enjoyed it thank um, you oh, and your honesty and your stories that it's been so amazing <laughs> yeah, <that's cool>. thank <laughs> you at the end of every podcast i always like to ask people to bust a myth yes and that is for anyone that's new listening today um just talking about something that you know is a common topic that isn't necessarily true or is true when you want to highlight that it's not a myth and it is true is there anything that you'd like to say today um and take as long as you want it's fine (laughs) i can't uh i suppose just what i've said before about um just just ask us anything and Mm -hmm. and you know we won't bite your head off or whatever (laughs) you know we'd never be too busy to to um speak to you or or anything like that because we're we're a team at the end of the day so yeah so that's the only thing i could think of really that's perfect so. that's great no that's really good yeah yeah so perfect thank you so much no worries thank you, thank you. bye Don't forget to check us out on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube using the handle Emetics Day UK. For this week, that is all from us. Catch you soon. Yeah.